0: Welcome to Motorsport Coaching, the podcast for racers with racers. Miss Motivate can help get you to the next level. Every episode, she talks to the best racers of today and those that can get you there. She'll help you get better. Racing new. At fitness, nutrition, sports psychology, sponsorship, social media, public relations, and media training connect with Miss Motivate at motivatetraining.com.au that's M O T I V the number 8 training.com.au and now to help get you to the next level Miss Motivate herself Belinda Risley
1: Hi, crew, and welcome to episode 146 of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Belinda Risley, and this week, I've got Edwin Smith from The Social Sandwich giving us a bit of an update about what's happening in the world of social media. Recently, inside our free motorsport sponsorship group, we did a training with Ed around what's happening, and this is that replay. So I do hope you enjoy today's show. In the month of May, over in that free sponsorship group, we are focusing on sponsorship last minute how do you get it before the end of financial year, um, public relations about gaining yourself exposure, how you can do it yourself Writing that press release. And of course, if you do want someone professional who you can turn to. Inside our most athlete performance group, we are focusing on mindset. So if mindset is something that you struggle with, please come over and join that free group. Just simply search um, athlete performance in Facebook and join that group. All right, team, I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Ed Smith from The Social Sandwich. Hey guys, welcome to this month masterclass with Edwin Smith, for the founder of the Social Sandwich. Hey Edward, welcome.
2: Again. Hello. Thank you for thank you for having me. Yeah, we've already had a bit of a chat, but this is the official hello and and welcome. So thanks for having me. I'm excited to have a bit of a chat on this Wednesday, but it feels like a Monday night.
0: Oh, it's such it's a weird day. Wednesday, isn't <laughs> it?
1: Oh, but you've also been a previous guest on the Most Sport Coaching podcast, um, and Matt Payne hosts that one for us. So um, a lot of our fans do know a little bit about you, but for those who don't know about you and The Social Sandwich, tell us a little bit about you.
2: Yeah, so I, um, or oh, in a nutshell, um, have been running my own business, The Social Sandwich, for the last, uh, it's about three years now, um, working with businesses, Um and individuals as well around just organic social media, helping them get more out of their social media channels. Um, in a previous life, I worked at Channel 10, which is kind of where I spent a lot of my, I guess, like career in full-time, you know, that kind of work. Um, so I ran um, the social media platforms for shows like A strange Survivor, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Um, also for 10 Sport, actually actually started the 10 Motorsport um, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter accounts as well, which I think they're still kind of up and and running where, um, you know, back when I was there, channel 10 had a little bit of F1 that kind of stopped at some stage, um, but also the supercars. So I spent a bit of time, um, at the supercar events that were broadcast on channel 10, kind of running around pit lane with a camera and all the phone kind of getting in front of people's faces and trying to get them to film (laughs) content for me. Um, Went to Bathurst a few times, which is probably, yeah, in terms of the motorsport audience, um, yeah, that was a really cool experience, and yeah, did some cool things there. I remember one of the we did a at Bathurst a a big Facebook live with like Grant Denyer and Matty White, and I think maybe like Will Davidson or like I was a driver we had involved with it, and we're basically just like running around in pit lane all live on the um, yeah on the ten sport and ten motorsport channels, which was pretty crazy to think back of, yeah, the logistics involved with doing that. Probably four or five years ago, um, but yeah, had a crazy journey to get to where I am today, and yeah, excited to kind of use some of that knowledge to help people use social media platforms better and in a more interesting way is kind of my my motto. I know.
1: And I do love your LinkedIn post. I just said off oh, uh, before we jumped on board, uh, it was very entertaining. And uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, I try and try together. and be not. Um, I know you have a, at channel tennis have a sign next to my desk that said no boring posts. And so I, um, my motto is always like, you know, try and make social media fun because, you know, at the end of the day, social media is a platform that people go to on whether it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok to have a laugh, to maybe learn something, maybe just have an escape from their, you know, the work or the commute home or whatever it is. So I'm always like, you know, try and not just be like straight down the line with my, you know, posts where I'm posting advice or, or tips. I try and be a little bit funny. Try and you know not take things too seriously because um, that's what social media is really. So yeah, thank you. I, I do try and be funny. I, I'm not funny all the time, but I you know, I, I try. I, you got to gotta shoot, shoot, or shoot. And you know, maybe if, if I'm funny fifty percent of the time, then that's that's good.
1: Uh, would you consider yourself to be like a comedian, like, or are you an extrovert, like, or you just yeah, right, interesting? captions and posts i
2: would not consider myself a comedian at all in fact <laughs> I some people are naturally funny yeah no i i think i'm i i lean into it a lot on on social media like um i i try and you know when i have an idea for a post i try and think all right what can i add to this that is a little bit funny that might make someone laugh that you know just adds that little bit of extra something to it so you know i remember even like this is going way back, like I'm 32, 33 now. But back in high school, I remember I was always like the really shy, like really introverted. And the moment I had to stand up in front of class to talk, I will go like bright red and couldn't talk in front of anyone. So I kind of started very much as a shy person. And the even now, like I do my, on my Instagram page, I post you know reels where I'm talking to the camera. And I've only started doing that probably in the last year or so, but um, it's taken me a bit of time to kind of build up the confidence and to be able to do that that kind of thing. But, yeah, I guess I just try and lean into it online as a, you know, part of who I am and, I guess, my brand that I'm, that I'm building, which is, you know, it's social media but it's done in a fun way that's not going to put people to sleep.
1: So when you first started out with social media, but way back then, uh, what platform did you choose? And, like, yeah, is, has that, that changed? Is there a basic platform for, uh, I guess, immersive athletes specifically to start off with? Or how do you advise mm choose the best platform for them when they're starting out?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and there's probably a couple of key platforms now for, you know, much about athletes in terms of social media. Um, like originally it was Facebook was, was the big one where, you know, Facebook still is the largest platform in terms of users and people on the platform. It also is the hardest platform to actually get in front of people, to reach people and to build an audience because it's so oversaturated now with people and brands and content and posts and ads. And there's just so much there. So it's really hard now to kind of start from scratch. So for me, Facebook was the kind of king and still maybe is in a way, but I wouldn't be saying, you know, start a Facebook page as your priority. Um, I think probably the big one for me, um, you know, when I first started this three years ago was was Instagram. So, um, you know, similar to Facebook, it's got a large audience of people. Most people, you, know, you walk down the street, you say, are you on Instagram? Most people would say, yeah um, I'm on Instagram so you kind of want to go where people are and where your audience is So that's always a good question to ask when before you start posting on somewhere you know is this platform for me is the types of people that I'm trying to engage and grow and the fans of my sport are they on these platforms and you know usually with Instagram the answer is is yes so for me Instagram is kind of my my pick of the bunch um you've got other platforms like Twitter which I kind of I think they've always been just a, a lower tier in terms of audience base and now it's going through some weird changes with, Elon you know, Musk, which I don't think we'll get into. Um, the other one um, I think now worth mentioning, especially for like a younger audience, although I don't always agree that it is a younger audience, but TikTok obviously now is part of that conversation of what social media platform should I be on? And TikTok being, you know, this new player that has come along, it's really changed the way that we think about, social media content which is really interesting where it's all about video it's all about short videos where it's 5 10 20 seconds long um and it's made instagram and facebook sit up and take notice they had to launch their reels kind of copycat versions of of tiktok so you know for me it's, a, it's a tough to split instagram and and tiktok and it kind of depends on yeah, again your audience um the the thinking usually is oh tiktok is a really young, you know, under-20s audience. So if we're trying to tap into an older audience, we'll go to Instagram or Facebook. But what we kind of see happen over, you know, even you saw this with Facebook, we saw this with Instagram, it starts off with a young audience, right? Like, I remember when I first got Facebook, I was 16 or something. And then now it's kind of like, it was like the cool young thing. It was like, oh, everyone's on Facebook. This is really cool. And now it's like, you know, my mom and my grandma are on Facebook. And it's kind of like everyone now is on Facebook. Similar things happening with Instagram where, it started off young and then what happens is the kind of mass adoption everyone starts to use it and then all of a sudden everyone now is on instagram and similar things happening on tiktok where it started off really young all the cool kids are on tiktok and now it's getting broader and more people are on there the the demos we're seeing now is it's not just you know people under the age of 25 or 30 on tiktok it's getting into people now 30s 40s even 50s that are joining tiktok because of that natural kind of progression so You know, for me, if I had to pick one, it'd be Instagram as my kind of like MVP platform. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of, um, yeah, a lot out there these days and maybe like TikTok as a close second, but definitely one to kind of keep an eye out on and, you know, the the real kind of, a lot of upside with TikTok with the way that um, the platform works.
1: And with those athletes that are extroverts, I love being in front of the camera. What about our YouTube shorts?
2: Yeah, so it's interesting now with um, the way that you know, TikTok came along with this like short form and really personalised content. Like for a long time, Instagram accounts could get away with not really showing the people behind the account and just post you know, really beautiful photos. And now it's like you need to be showing your face. You need to be... Posting videos, that's, like, two of the big things that's happened over the last couple of years off the back of TikTok. Um, but now it's, like, not to say that every piece of content can work across every platform, but, you know, if you're making a good short video, there's no reason why, especially at the start, you can't kind of fire that off across your YouTube shorts, your TikTok, an Instagram reel, even a Facebook reel now. i kind of seeing a, a bit of – I'm seeing some success now with brands that I'm working with, people I'm working with on Facebook because – Facebook are now realizing that they need to promote those and get reels on Facebook working better. So, you know, there's kind of all these platforms now where this like shorter video, vertical video is is happening and taking off. And, you know, YouTube Shorts is definitely a, probably on the newer side, like it's, it's and again, it's got its own unique kind of audience. Um, so yeah, like in terms of that, yeah, if you're a real extrovert, you're confident in front of the camera, um, no reason why you can't be kind of, testing it out across multiple platforms and the best thing about social media that i find is we get the numbers as well so you can tell what things are actually working what um you know when you make your post are people watching it are they liking and commenting and sharing on it you can see across those platforms is it working and is it not and you can kind of then go all right we tried on tiktok and youtube and instagram but actually tiktok seemed to be working really well so let's kind of focus our attention more onto here and really try and build that audience up from there. And, you know, maybe we keep these other channels running, but it's less of a focus.
1: And is it more important to have a like, a comment, or a
2: share? Question, <laughs> um, look, in terms of, there's always a lot of, um, and this is my understanding, but I feel that like there's always misinformation about this. And, and there tends to be things that, um, like people say, oh, comment is weighted higher in the algorithm. And so you want to get a comment because Instagram will like your comment, like that comment more than that alike. And as far as I like, my understanding is like all the metrics of like every interaction is weighted equally, but at the same time, from a human standpoint, when someone takes the time to make a comment, that's way more powerful for you and an audience than it is someone that's made a like. Like it's almost the like is that easy metric that you can get because it's just someone double tapping on your, on your post. Um, so I think for me, I try and keep an eye on all of the stats because they all tell a bit of a story. So maybe you're getting 50 likes on a post with no comments. And so you can go, right, people are seen this and they're, they're liking it, but they're not feeling the need to add a comment. So how can I make it a bit more you know interactive? And the same goes with, you know, on Instagram, for example, you've got shares and saves and they both tell like a really interesting story, like a, a share saying someone likes my post that much that I'm sharing it with friend or I'm putting it on my story or I'm sending it to a group chat of other people which shows it like again probably more powerful than a comment it's like that person liked my my post so much or they're sharing it with someone else so you know I work with and I've some of the brands that I work with we actually use the share metric as like the number one metric so you go if even if a post has got a thousand likes but it's got 20 shares and most of other posts they get five shares we go right that post really resonated because it had high-level shares, how can we get more shares with our, with our content? Um, and the same with save, like a save is like a bookmark, right? So someone's going, I want to come back to this later because it's so valuable or, or useful. So look, they're all kind of important and sometimes even like if you look at them all together, um, like in your insights in Instagram, you can actually look at post interactions as a metric and that kind of tallies them all together and you can see which of your posts is the most interacted with in terms of just raw numbers and it so you can kind of go, you know, these were my most interactive with posts. My audience is trying to say, hey, I want more of this. And then you can go at the same time, these posts down here were kind of duds and didn't really work. So let's like scrap those and, and not talk about them and not do them anymore.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think like one of the biggest things that athletes have and um, when it comes to social media is around about content creation. Um, do you have some tips or ideas, strategies for athletes around, like, what kind of is, is a success? Um, I know apart from analyzing the insights, but yeah, just like generally speaking, is it about telling stories. Is it about posts, carousels?
2: Yeah. So uh, there's a few things I wanted to speak about here because I knew this question would, uh, would come up. And I think definitely, um, you know, there's a, a few different ways that you can approach this, but I think, taking a step back and understanding, you know, why you're using this platform and like what you're trying to get out of it and what, what your, what your goals are. And also like from an audience perspective, like why someone would actually follow you. And that's a big question to answer because if you understand that, that can help guide your content because if you're just posting things and something I always talk about is we want to post things that our audience wants to see, not what we want our audience to see. So kind of yeah. thinking mostly about our, our audience and like what kind of things they want from, from us. So then you kind of, you start thinking about, um, you know, how can we bring the audience into our content, into our world? You know, can we use it as a storytelling platform? Can we use it as a way to bring people along on the ride as we progress through the, you know, the different ranks and, and races and, and all of that? Can we... You know, tell that story, bring them in from the start, so they feel like they're part of our of our journey, of our, um, you know, from like the beginning. And and I think that's you know a really important thing, and a really big thing that's happening now is this like authentic social media where we want to see like the real person. So even you know thinking out loud here, but like if I'm an athlete and I'm you know I'm an 18 year old driver and I'm I'm trying to you know win races, I'd be trying to do you know post about races that I win but also post about races that I lose and talk about you know how hard it was to lose and how I'm going to go back and train harder to be better the next race and you know that real kind of journey and ride of the ups and downs and you know telling that story is is massive and and then it's also now like a big thing with um you know maybe focusing a little bit on Instagram now is and this is probably relevant across all platforms, but especially <laughs> Instagram is like the consistency of, of posts. And so it's you know it's, it's showing up regularly, and whether that's even just a, a couple of times a week and across all of the, the features. So it's um, you know, my priority is always Instagram Reels because that like short-form video content again is so important for Instagram. It doesn't want to lose people to TikTok because all the good videos are on TikTok, it wants people on Instagram using Reels. So reels are really important. They're going to be good for growth too, because when you post a reel, it can be seen by people that don't follow us, which is not like an image or a story where most of the time the people that, you know, especially with stories, when you post a story, the people that watch that are the people that have already kind of engaged with what we're doing. They've already opted in to follow us and they're kind of like our diehard fans, but a reel, you could be you use that to get in front of you know this whole new audience of, of people. So You know, I think having the consistency and then using, you know, your stories, using reels, using a post, like just an image post and then also a carousel kind of mixed in as, you know, part of a, you know, that's kind of a healthy strategy for me is using a bit of everything. But, you know, again, for me, that key would be how do we use reels to tell the story, to show, even like to show the personality. Like I'm sure there's lots of really great personalities and people that have, you know, their different quirks and like maybe they're funny maybe they're super serious maybe they're like you see this now with um uh like a lot of the formula one athletes and i was even i was reading today um oh who was it oh this is really bad the guy that just retired um uh i think it's alonso i think he went from
1: back um
2: yeah no he, re- yeah, he retired they come back or change teams yeah. or something yeah so he, he just joined tiktok like six months ago. Oh
1: uh, yes, yeah. Because he's single now, and he said, and his TikTok was like, I'm now got more time on my hands.
2: He oh, just said, "See, I'm not yes. really like an F one." <laughs> no,
1: yeah,
0: no I, I, not
2: I, not I, but anyway, he he joined TikTok, and I think within a few months, he's got a million followers already, just because he's being quite like open and like he said, like talking about how he's single, like that real like authenticity and being like, "Hey, this is this is me. This is who I am." And letting people show, like showing people who he actually is as a person. I think if we had this conversation a couple of years ago, and the same, like if he joined Instagram, it would be, you know, your night, like your publicity photos from a race, mm-hmm. like, you know, those really like professional it's photos. Very
0: controlled.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: very controlled. Um, very. Like
1: one like and supercars actually have like an, a social media policy, which is like what you can and can't post, which is quite. Mm.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Um, But yeah, that like anytime you can come up with ways of, you know, being a bit more real and authentic and often that is literally, you know, get your phone out, take a selfie video, get someone to take photos of you that's like, you know, in different spots, different locations that isn't just what you would kind of usually expect, obviously, within the guidelines of what you can and can't do. But, um, you know, you see that kind of authenticness just coming through with, you know, any athlete now that is... I, think,
1: I I feel like any entrepreneur, like I, I, feel like there was a yeah. person, and I'm not going, like that you. Might have recently done saying that you forgot to do something, and but then like this was the other thing, and I know like another business mentor that I follow, like she was like in the middle of a launch period, and when she sent out the email, like it wasn't personalized, and it, it just like you know had hello first name throughout the whole. Yeah. And went, oh my god! But like you know, I'm human, and 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 again, I think like. And that's why I love following your content because it is the human behind it. I don't feel like it's very salesy, even though you do have a product to sell. But I've now grown to um, know and like and, and trust you, which is what, as, you know, online business owners, what we want to do. Yeah. And, you know, like if you had a membership, I'd be happy to jump in. Um, feel free now to plug the phone mm-hmm. on the social sandwich. Um, but, like, you do have a fantastic Facebook group. And I can see, like, now you're starting to like, online webinars and trying to monetize that and i think it does give you a good business even as an athlete that they can start to also monetize their business and like i'm very big about motorsport is a business and Mm. for the athletes to set themselves up at being a business and to be you know a professional that works within motorsports regardless of what category regardless of like their race results but if, if you uh come across being more professional than somebody else you're going to get more fans, more followers, more engagement, more shares, saves, um, and more money um, if you can monetize the benefits of all these social media platforms as well.
2: Yeah, and I think that, you know, again now, it's it's really important to realise how different these social media platforms are from a few years ago. And so, you know, the athletes that are doing this well now are the ones that are taking the time to, you know, they're content creators now. They're not like influencer but <laughs> Yeah. They're, like, they're making videos. They're showing, like, their behind-the-scenes of a race day or, you know, all of those things that is actually bringing us into their world more than just, you know, here's a nice photo of, of me. It's, like, that kind of the storytelling, the behind-the-scenes content, the even just, you know, I, I really love when athletes, like, show their personality and just, like, what they actually like, what, you know, their the quirks that, that make them, like, that kind of stuff is just so interesting because that's what an audience is going to actually you know, latch onto and and engage with and and grow with you, rather than you know, if you're just doing the same things that other athletes are doing or talking like everyone else, then you know you're probably not going to have the success of someone that kind of just goes, you know what, this is me. This is the way that I'm I'm doing things, and you know, I really and like I'm not obviously an athlete, but similarities with what I do, but it's something that I was pretty conscious yeah. of when <laughs> I first. <We're laughs>
1: when yeah
2: but but basically when you know when I first started this um I remember doing and it's always worth looking at like what your competitors are doing and what other people are doing and and one thing I noticed was every social media expert was really perfect and polished and they had all really nice beautiful colors and branding and graphics and all looked like really like just marketing and I was yeah. like you know what that's and like at the same time it wasn't really me so if I had to do that it just wouldn't feel like you know who I am as like a person kind of a bit like a bit more casual and a bit more like you know laid back than super you know proper and, and yeah polished like I'm not a polished person. <laughs> and so I made a really conscious decision to like kind of lean into that with what what I do you know with with my content if I make a mistake I'll be like well I made a typo here or like whoops I did this or you know, be really open about that. And I found that's really helped me to kind of just stand out from what a lot of other people in my kind of industry are are doing. Um And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of examples of that in the, you know, in the motorsport, in the athlete world as well, where, um, you know, there's, there's certain athletes that we kind of look at now. And I'm sure there's, you know, people that are listening, like that have athletes that they follow that they are really interested in. And I'm sure that's because, They're taking the time to bring them into their world. They're showing them behind the scenes. They're, you know, being like a real and authentic person. It's not just that. You know, again, Instagram of a few years ago would be post a couple of photos from race events or from your weekend of sport and people would want to follow because it was like, oh, I can stay today for what this person's doing. Like we need to do more now.
1: And I think that we just basically like what you're saying is that um before like motorsport used to be like you're a driver and you had to be perceived to be like this whereas now um thanks to the world of social media that's been around for over 20 years now that they can now bring in their personal brands and bring in their uniqueness and bring in their story and bring in their um you know their, their brand around how they want to be perceived um, and you were just talking about being unique. I think, like, even the name of your business is quite unique. Like, how did you even come up with the social sandwich name and then, like, being a part of your group, I know, like, you have the clubbers and stuff like that. Like, I love that it's all kind of, like, aligned still to your brand. But, like, why the social mm. sandwich?
2: Well, it's actually a funny, well, it's, it's not a funny story, but I always like telling it because that's kind of interesting, I think, but it actually was came from having a coffee with Kate Peck. <laughs> um so the the motorsport reporter who she actually I worked with her at channel 10 and you know often with what I did I would kind of go around with her and she would help like interview drivers with me for like social content and so we became kind of friends and she still actually you know engages with my with my content and, and says hi every now and then old peco um but she this is back in 2017 um she was like Struggling with her Instagram, and was like, "I want to take you for coffee. Can we just like talk about like what I'm doing?" And this is when I was at Channel Ten, and so I was like, "Yeah, we'll go for coffee." And we had a chat, and then she was like, "Oh, you should, you know, do this for other people." And I was like, "Yeah, like I'd already had, you know, in the back of my mind, the idea of one day kind of working for myself, being my own boss, all of that stuff." But um you know, it was it still felt like a long way away. But I remember that day. Yeah, she was like, "You should." do it and i was like yeah i probably need a good name and she looked around looked at like the you know the front of like cafes that have sandwiches and she literally wow. looked at it and said you should call yourself the social sandwich oh, wow. um i was like that kind of not is nice like i like the the ss like the alliteration wow. and then she's like you know you can the sandwich is like you and then the middle bits is like media channels like there's all these things you can do i was like i really like that that's really, that's really good and so that night I went home, basically took the social media handles on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, I think, for, like, the social sandwich. Didn't do anything for until 2021, maybe. So I had them just kind of sitting there until – basically until COVID started. And I was like, oh, maybe I should start posting to those channels and, and see, you know, if I can do it. So in a way, yeah, it was Capex idea, and I still – yeah, thank you every now and then. Like thanks for the for the great name. And yep. um, yeah, very relevant for you guys. Often when I tell that story, people are like, who's KPEC? But I'm sure yeah, it'll be a okay. familiar name for, for everyone here, which is great.
1: Yeah, and I guess that's another good point about finding the what happened. Are
0: you
2: there? Yeah, go yeah.
1: My screen just went ring. Sorry. Oh. Um I... <laughs> We need to vote. Uh, Anyway, so I think that's um, another good thing is that a lot of the athletes, when they're deciding on their handles as well, um, I'm always against putting a number within the handles because Mm. sponsors are searching for them. Um, They're not going to be, you know, searching Edward Smith 69 like their race number or whatever it is. Um, What's your thoughts about having a race number within the handles?
2: Yeah, I think you just want to like exactly what you said. You want to make it as... Easily searchable as possible, so you want to make it as easy for someone to find you. So obviously, your full name, um, no nicknames. Um, the the more of your name you can include, the better. Um, obviously, it's going to depend on how unique and you know how different slash unique slash original the name is. You know, if what handles you can get, because you know now for these platforms, it um it's you know. There's a lot of people on there. So you kind of you do have to find ways of of doing um you know of working around, you know. If I was to register Edwin Smith now, I'd have to have, you know, Edwin Smith 80 or something like that. Um so look, the numbers interesting because even if in your handle you just had like you had your race number or um or some kind of number, you can also have your name as your actual name. So you've got, actually got two places where you've got your handle and your name. So your handle will be. You know, instagram.com slash social sandwich but you can also have your name it's just your your car name so you, again using uh, your full name so using instagram again for an example if you have both of those with your name and someone searches for it it should show up so the number probably and like the way that search has gotten a lot better over the last couple of years you know having a number in the name shouldn't impact yeah the search as much as maybe what it used to. Like again, as long as you've got that the full yeah. um, you know, full first name, last name, and you have your name as your actual name, because, again, you've got those, like, two spots where you can put it. Um, but it's just trying to get it as close as you can to your name. And, you know, if you can do it with, like, an underscore or, or something that keeps it nice and simple because the number does make it something extra for people to, you know, if you're trying to give them your handle to try and find. So just make it as easy as possible. But it's certainly not, like, an absolute
1: no no
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and i kind of just overcome it by saying like it should be like it was was photosports or something like that like yeah
2: and and the you also just want to keep it as
1: but then yeah it's
2: yeah as as short as possible obviously ideally like you'd have yeah again depends on your name and how long (laughs) really long last name then you probably don't want to have like a motorsport after a really long last name, because then all of a sudden your handles 20 characters, and, and that's, yeah. that's a lot. And it probably does just change for person to person, like keeping it as short and succinct as possible while making it as easy as possible to search for.
1: Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap up. Let's go through all the major um, platforms and any tips that you can provide us to help with our likes, shares, and engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Facebook. <laughs>
2: Oh, Facebook! I have such a love-hate relationship with um with Facebook. I can't I can't get away from it, but um, it's look, it's the hardest platform to get in front of people, and in terms of the organic reach that you get, so the people that will see each post that you make, it's it's really low. So it becomes really important with your content that it's interesting and engaging. Um, Facebook it tends to be a mixture of images and video. Like there's not one that performs better than um, than the other, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about Facebook, just it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it still is useful to have, um, but honestly, if, and I'm sure a lot of people already do this, but it's probably the easiest way to, to go about it these days, unless you've got an already built up audience or you're having really good success there, is just duplicating content from, instagram to facebook just to make your life easier so you're not trying to worry about multiple platforms and all different pieces of content for each platform
1: what about boosting posts on facebook i see a lot and i hear a lot of the athletes mm. process on facebook um what's your thoughts
2: um well that's part of the i guess the stranglehold that facebook has over us because because we don't we can't reach people organically we have to pay to get in front of people and so sometimes that is just the main way to get our posts in front of people. Um, there's no guarantee then that someone will then like our page or see our content more. Um, if we're trying to get people to make an action, like visit our website, sign up for a newsletter, um, you know, buy a product that we're selling, then ads can be a really good way of doing that. But, you know, if it's just running a boosted post on, you know, a photo of us at a, at a race meet, um, it does to me feel like probably you're not going to get many results out of that apart from maybe just some extra eyeballs on your content. But at the end of the day, what does that mean? More people seeing your post, but are they going to then go to your page and like your page and then see more of your post? Maybe, but yeah, probably not. So you really need for, for boosted posts, like a, a, a really strong goal and a, some thought around, you know, why are we doing this and what the point of it is and, you know, what we're trying to, trying to do. Um, so yeah, I, not against it, but we need to be careful because it can just be like kind of throwing away money for not much return. All
1: right, Twitter. But it's,
2: also, but it's also really effective at the same time. Like Facebook ads are great because we can be really targeted. We can get yeah. in front of the people we want to see our, our content. So it's, yeah, just a, it's a bit of like a word of warning from me to just be careful with that one.
1: I think with Facebook ads, though, it's quite difficult as an athlete because... We don't want like fans of F1s, and we don't want fans of motorsports. We want like our own fans, and so like with the criteria, like when you're doing ads and anything like that, it it doesn't niche down that far. Um, yeah. Like what, like what I found, like for my business, like I don't want fans of motorsports. I want athletes of motorsports and it doesn't niche down like that far to me to warrant to do Facebook ads. So I just I want to make sure that the athletes know that they're getting people they're going to engage with the right content to like the, the it's the right audience for them.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. It's something worth yeah making sure that you're not just yeah, spending money for the sake of it. And and you know, even like
1: likes. Yeah.
2: I'm surprised at like more so on Instagram, but I see um, you know, I get a lot of ads, you know, everything, everyone right now I gets ads on Instagram, but I keep getting ads for, um, cause like, I always like to look at what cafes and restaurants, it's like to eat food. And, you know, but I always get ads from, you know, I live in Wollongong, like in um, Sydney, but I often see ads from people from like pubs or, or cafes like in Melbourne. And I'm like, why, why are you, why have you got your reach in terms of who you want to see? This ad like extended so broadly that I'm never going to visit your cafe in Melbourne. Like, that you, you're just wasting money
1: you may I, 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 maybe if it looks
2: you look know, like so so amazing
1: so me. i've seen it Honestly, but it,
2: but often it's like you know oh we've got trivia tonight and it's like i'm not yeah i'm not flying out in <laughs> melbourne to go to this like this trivia night so yeah like you said you've just got to be careful and smart about it and think really think through why you're doing it
1: yeah and so twitter twitter's been up and down twitter's never really been massive in australia it's always been. I felt like more overseas-based type um,
0: yep.
1: platform, but I do feel like it gives you a a, a platform to get more of an opinion, and B that you can kind of connect with somebody famous or influential or something like that. The type of platform, um, yeah. obviously. Mentioned that airlines come on and he's like, no, no more blue flags. So, what's happening in the world of Twitter? And do you recommend, I guess, athletes that are thinking long term to possibly go and race over in the US and in um, Europe, should they get onto Twitter? And if so, yeah, what should they post?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, Twitter would definitely be a low priority for me. I think, you know, there's no harm in signing up, making sure you've got your name on there, that you've at least got, you know, a profile and a you know somewhat of a presence, but I certainly wouldn't be focusing much energy at all. <laughs> um, you know, it is a good platform for things like even just the the sport and the media world. Like there's still a lot of like journalists and and people that, you know, will write about sport or report about things. And so there is an argument there that you can make that, you know, it is a good way to get in front of those kind of people and stay, you know, front of mind for for them. But it is just such a small portion of an audience. You know, it's under 10% of Australians use Twitter and it's it's pretty much dropping as well. Like my the last like month or so I've noticed in like my world a, a drop-off in just people that are using it. Like there's a lot of like dissatisfaction with, with Twitter. So um, it's really interesting where you know there's a lot of chat when Elon first bought it that Twitter was gonna die and that no one would everyone would just stop using it. And I always thought that, you know, people wouldn't just not use twitter anymore but what would happen is that make too many changes and slowly our behavior would be just to use it less and it wasn't like a conscious thing from users but just over time you know we just gravitate to other platforms because twitter isn't providing as good of an experience as what it once was you know there's, they've taken away the blue ticks and now like no one is signing up to get the blue tick and so then those accounts aren't posting as much so the content isn't as good and so i think in six or twelve months like Who knows where? where, (laughs) Honestly, like it, it could be uh, a real kind of ghost land. So I think you know, sign up, and it it can be a good place. Just you know, it's pretty easy to do because you can just you know sort of text based. That's right.
1: It's all text based, and I feel like for those introverts, again, a lot of the athletes, that they can just text their opinions, their thoughts, their race reports, Um, and then. uh, But I do feel like it, it gives them a lot more of an open platform for trolling. Um, because again, mm. it's a, it's an opinion-based kind of platform. Anyway, enough about Twitter. Yeah,
0: look, let's find so, let's yeah.
1: uh, something more fun. Uh, what about like we said, yeah, TikTok. So I guess my concern is um, as a pre to you, about uh, the government officials now saying like they can't be on their phone. Is that going to have an effect with reach and audience and those kind of factors?
0: No, I-
2: my feeling is that that's like a really small portion of the audience. You know, it's government.
1: Yeah, like but the media is reporting on it. So I feel like it's going to be those people. They're like, oh, the government, they're not. Yeah, allowing it's, it to
2: like, it's another yeah. one that it's, you know, for TikTok it's a really interesting time where they kind of had their like rapid rise to become a super relevant platform. And now they're kind of dealing with the the stuff that comes with, you know, a lot of eyes on their platform and, you it's again another kind of wait and see for me in terms of what happens um my kind of feeling at the moment is that there's and look I'm not deep in the the weeds reading everything about you know everything that's going on with like China and all of that and like you know there's all these people saying like oh they're going to be using this platform to spy on us and all of this which for me I think it's a bit of a stretch that that would be happening like it's Um, you know the reality is all social media platforms have a lot of data and information about us so for me i don't think tiktok is unique in that it collects data about us to make our experience better that's what facebook does that's what instagram does um the weird the, the thing that kind of i think makes people worried is that it's owned by a chinese company but it's still housed in america there's still like a lot of things that and there's been no evidence anywhere to say that they're leaking data to you know the chinese government to wage war against us and so look it's again i'm not like i'm sure you could find arguments for from both <laughs> sides but um you know i think it's just the government's kind of you know in terms of what's happened there where you know recently actually the australian government has just has banned tiktok from government phones i think they're just being overly cautious and because there is a bit of that you know of, backlash about it and they're just going right we'll just do that and you know that's going to keep people happy but you know it's such a small portion of users and i think just because it is interesting and kind of noteworthy that that's why it gets that media attention for me where it's you know it gets people talking and i know anytime i talk about it with with someone there you know it's it's always comes up moment we talk about tiktok hey it's <laughs> uh, you know China government blah 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 and it's like yeah but it's it right,
1: it, hyping it out
2: yeah yeah definitely so look, in terms of, like, I wouldn't be deterred by, by that. And, um, like, I'd be, I'd be shocked if, you know, they put a blanket ban on TikTok because of just how many people use it now. Like, there'd be such a backlash. Even, I know American, like, the American government's pretty, like, they're the ones that are, like, trying to clamp down on it. But I think it's, like, one in two Americans now have TikTok. And so, if they were to suddenly just, like, ban the whole platform, like, it would be one, like, a a just political nightmare because everyone would be like, yeah, "I love this platform." Like, you know, what are you doing? Like, why are you taking this away from me? Um, so, I think with TikTok, it's it's like I I'd be tempted to get on there. I wouldn't be deterred by this, and I still think you know, it's in terms of that organic growth and reach, it is easily the best platform still that we have because we can get seen by people that don't follow us. So, when you open TikTok. It's just a feed of content that TikTok thinks you'll enjoy, which is why it's so addictive basically because of how good their algorithm is to know what things we want to watch. And so that gives us an opportunity as, you know, as an athlete to go, okay, if we can make something that is interesting enough, that is relevant for people, that gets people watching and engaging, then, you know, the potential to grow there is 10, 20, hundred times better than on Facebook and Instagram. Like it's, it's endless and, that for me is like is way more exciting than the threat of whatever's going on over here. That's probably going to be nothing. But you know, maybe one day it all shuts down. But they're all going to be in the same boat. So, um.
1: well, we do have a question come through. So, Andy, um, she's an older lady and she um, is building her brand and mm. she's gone onto TikTok. And um, but she's like, it. what do I post? Um, and yeah, so she's over in Perth and she does lovely. Um, races and stuff and and i
2: was like okay cool i'll ask edwin yeah i love it well yeah welcome all the all the questions i love answering live questions um okay so the thing with tiktok is it is an entertainment platform so people go there to be entertaining so people Mm -hmm. go there to be entertained and that's like i think the first question we have to answer is even more so than facebook even more so than instagram which we spoke about a little bit where you know what's in it for the audience it's even more so on tiktok where we have to think okay someone watches this video and someone that doesn't know who I am watches this video, because that's really what we're aiming for. We're aiming for that like broad mass appeal of a a video. And so it's things that we're knowledgeable about, that we can talk about, that people will find interesting, that is relevant. Um, My kind of three rules is for across all platforms, but really heightened on TikTok is inspire, educate, entertain. If we can tick one of those boxes with what we're doing, then we're off to a good start. So, you know, about education, maybe it's, you know, how the tires maintain yeah. their wear and tear during a race <laughs> or how we cool down after, you know, racing or, you know, those kind of things that, like are just, it's going to be interesting for someone. So um, I still remember when I, f- I met with TikTok a couple of years ago and they said that, um, yeah, because kind of asking some questions about, you know, what types of people should be using it and what types of things should people be posting it. One of the things they said that's really stuck with me was, that every person has an audience on TikTok. They just have to find out what that is. And so it's like I'd be just doing some testing as well, kind of seeing okay, do people want to hear from me talking about this? Do they want me to do this? And try a whole bunch of different things, five, 10 different types of content and see, okay, which one's actually got some traction, got some engagements, and then kind of start to pivot and, and do more of, of that. And TikTok especially as well is it's personal, so we want, you know, faces people real people in there um even if you, if you look at if you have tiktok if you go through like your for you page fip it's i would guarantee that everyone or the majority of people here would just you would scroll through and it'll be just faces people's faces and we're not trying to you know it's not graphics it's not branded it's just real authentic people talking telling jokes giving out advice whatever it is but it's it's people it's this shot right that's yeah. that's what we see and so that's like the the first step that I'd be looking at. It's using yourself and testing out different types of styles of content. Whether it's you know maybe it's just entertaining, like can you if you can make someone laugh, I reckon that's a, a big chunk of the of the battle. So hopefully that in a long winded way answered that question.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've just recently joined TikTok. I'm doing the whole thirty days, going live every day or posting every day. Oh and great. My- I'm focusing on is motorsport sponsorship because I like explored it, googled it. There wasn't like there was a bit, but there wasn't a lot, and so I felt like I could add towards that. So that, yeah, I'm about my journey at TikTok. Yeah, I
2: love that, anywhere, yeah, um, no, I, I love that. And, and you know the the good thing about those kind of challenges as well is you know when you do a bunch of posts in you know in a period of time, you'll have some learnings to look back on and go, okay, like this style of video tends to work better, like. This topic or this particular thing, this angle that I used, the graphics on this one seem to work better. You'll understand the platform, how the editing works, all that, and all of a sudden, like you can start to then fine tune and and do things, um, you know, quicker, easier, and better, which is which is great. So yeah, love that. Let us know how you go.
1: I will. I will. We always had a question from Josh just regarding hashtags across the platforms. So I'm gonna we'll go come back to Instagram and. Mm but um yeah
2: hashtags are Mm -hmm. they still cool um hashtags on facebook not relevant at all um they kind of never really were every now and then facebook tries to say that hashtags are but they're not really um instagram they're still useful um what i what i like my kind of opinion now is they're just not as relevant as what they once were um because of this new kind of tiktok world where for a long time hashtags were the way that we made sure the right people saw our posts and that we got in front of new people. So they were like the number one tool for discovery whereas now it's much more about our content. So even having, you know, the best 10 hashtags that relate to our topic and industry if our content isn't good, if it sucks, the hashtags aren't going to save us where wow. probably 3 or 4 years ago the hashtags kind of could like that would help more people see our posts whereas now it's much more in terms of who sees our posts, much more about our content. And Instagram in particular has gotten smarter, even like TikTok now. Like hashtags on TikTok are almost irrelevant. Like it's they help a little bit. Um, but on 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 Instagram, um, they've gotten a lot better at like the SEO part. So making sure mm-hmm. the keywords in your post, in your profile, that all of those factor into who sees your, that post, not just you know, a few kind of key hashtags. So it's a really good question because I think, you know, on Instagram it's worth having, you know, a couple of key hashtags that relate to your topic and what you're talking about um, on TikTok, two or three, Instagram maybe eight to ten. Um, but they're not going to make or break your page because what is is that content piece, you know, is it going to inspire, entertain or educate? Is it going to tick one of those boxes? Is it going to be interesting for someone that doesn't follow you when you're making this post? yeah, a good couple of good hashtags aren't going to really solve your, your problem. So, you know, if we had this chat again, three years ago, we'd probably spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about hashtags and the best way to use them. Now it's like, find some that work that are related to your content, that relate to your topic. And, you know, the, there's probably some race car motorsport hashtags that are relevant to, um, you know, to the different races, to the different categories, all of that, use those. Um, but, don't, yeah, I just, I'm not spending much time at all thinking about them because there's other things to worry about.
0: Really good question.
1: We have already touched base a lot around Instagram, making sure that we're utilising all the features of carousels, posts, reels.
0: Stories.
2: Live
1: live stories, like, yeah. So there's five main features. Is there anything else that we've kind of missed out on?
2: Yeah, I'd just say the live, I have a little bit lower um, because the live's probably more when you have, a bigger audience on Instagram. And mm-hmm. so what you tend to find is, you know, if the answer was, if you were saying, should I go live to my thousand, followers or make a really good reel that I can post that will live on that page for longer, I'd definitely be going towards like the content piece rather than the live. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like post stories, carousels, reels. And then you've got lives like lower down here as in terms of like, priority so yeah i and i think like reels are kind of like up here somewhere so they're like definitely the the top priority for for me just because of the the growth potential that you've got with reels like for me reels are the number one way of growing on instagram right now Um, so definitely you know if that's what you're looking at doing how do i get my content in front of more people come up with interesting ways of using reels and that's probably the the big one Um, yeah those the three pillars again which i always talk about inspire educate entertain um and then yeah trying to have fun with it as well i think you kind of notice when athletes have fun and again they're probably the athletes that you follow they're the ones that are the most interesting because they're having fun with with their content um and talking like you would this might be relevant across all platforms but talking like a real person i think they're one thing that i see a lot of athletes make the mistake of doing is they go into this like kind of robotic like marketing talk like really like media trained almost it's really serious and really direct and you know today i had this race and it was i had a good race and i really enjoyed it it's like now tell us like what you actually felt like when you were doing it and how you would talk if you know a mate asked you how you went or if you were you know at the pub talking about it and maybe not to that exact extreme <laughs> but, um Somewhere, somewhere in between, yeah. <laughs> um I
1: had two questions now, yeah, I can't remember what the one was. But the next one was that Sarah sent through a message. Um, is there any new platforms on the horizon?
2: Um, there's a couple. Um Instagram are working on like a Twitter copycat, um, which I think just launched in the US or is getting tested in the US, but I don't know. I'm not, there's nothing that I'm like, this is really exciting. Like for me, it was TikTok and that's, you know, I've been talking about TikTok for years because of how you can kind of see that happening. Um, The only thing maybe worth mentioning is Be Real, but I think that's already
0: kind
2: of run its course, which is what tends to happen. Like these new platforms come along for a little bit. The other platforms just go, well, we can copy those features. You know, the idea of Be Real of posting one photo a day at a certain time is very stealable by other platforms and i think it kind of grows old quickly um so just thinking about um yeah the that you know just because there's a new platform doesn't mean we should use it so um you know and even for for us as you know athletes i think b-real is not even relevant for that conversation um and yeah nothing else
1: that's good because we, we've got enough to choose from.
0: There's, there's, a,
1: there's a bit to choose from exactly. As an athlete, so many um, you know, different platforms that have different features and benefits for us to choose from. So we don't really need any more just to ask was, was there any coming up. My other question was um, do you have any tips, tools, or strategies about making rules?
2: Um,
1: like do you recommend Canva or video editing yeah. or just utilising yeah. the, the tools within the app itself?
2: Honestly, I'm more and more just using the tools within Instagram um, because they've actually just done a bit of an update where it looks the like editing software looks more like a like a Premiere Pro, like it looks more like video editing software, which makes it a bit more user friendly. I feel um, so for me now, I like to do it all in one place because it means you know if you're filming yourself you can just do it all within Instagram. You can do all the editing. You can add your captions because captions are really important. You can add any text to, you know, add some context to your video. But you can kind of do it all in one place rather than filming something, sending it to Canva, exporting, sending it back. Like, for me, I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. And for me, Instagram does basically everything you need for, you know, a basic to advanced reel. I reckon. so.
1: Um, And how long do you think it's going to be before Instagram gets AI attached to those captions anyway?
2: Look, it feels like every couple of weeks, like the AI conversation is getting quicker and faster and things happening. So um, like I even saw in Canva the other day that there's like options now, just like auto-generate presentations and it'll just do things for you. So um, yeah, interesting to see what kind of happens there with, um, you know, in the Instagram world, but definitely another one of those, like watch this space and, and see what happens.
1: I think so. So tell us a little bit more about the Social Sandwich and your Facebook group and the services that you offer.
2: Oh, yeah, I would love to. Um, so, yeah, I kind of work with businesses and with athletes, influencers, content creators to um, you know, help solve the problems that they have. So obviously I come, I have a wide like to think, I have like a wide range of knowledge covering all platforms, all problems that people have from, you know, content creation to editing to strategy to all of that. So I basically work with those people and they come to me and they say, this is my problem. And then I work out how to help them fix that. Um, I do a whole bunch of things from like one-on-one coaching sessions to running workshops. Um, Yeah, I have a Facebook group, which is called Club Social Sandwich, um, where it's, you know, just a group of small business owners that I share kind of my more, I guess that's where I'm the most active because I want to make sure that I'm kind of building a community of my own people that, you know, no one care about me. Um, so, yeah, feel free to join that if you if you want. I post lots of tips and tricks in there kind of every week. Um, yeah, there you go, Club Social Sandwich. Um I hope that I've got that. Right, you should go. I, <laughs> I was going to call it Social Club Sandwich at some stage, but I, I'm pretty sure that's um, that's what i remember. It's only kind of It's only a couple of months old, which is um, also kind of exciting. I think it's up to 200 members now. Um, and, yeah, probably in terms of content, I spend a lot of time on Instagram where it's just the social sandwich. So if you just want some free tips exactly like this, often literally my content is this framing where I had this in my, in the background and like this side um so yeah even just you know if you don't want to book in for a for a session yet which is totally understandable just you can get some free tips and tricks and um the you yeah, know I post lots of even the updates because there is lots of things that are happening um you know always like every week I'm trying to say across things and I'm like there's more changes and more updates and like so going yep I've got to share this across my my platforms um so yeah i'd love to yeah if you've got any questions feel free to send me a message um on on there feel free to join the group always love talking about these um these kind of things i've got a website as well which is just the social sandwich.com.au so like heaps of different ways you can kind of get in touch and and you know see more of of me and um yeah if if there was again like a a problem you wanted to help solving um you know i've worked with with athletes to help build up a presence online to help you know work out where they should be playing what oh, uh, <laughs> for my dog to have his nightly pills um but yeah there if it was something that um you know you interested in um want to some advice around what you're posting, uh, you know, do an audit of your content, um, work on a strategy with you, I do that as well. So, yeah, feel free to send me a message. I can give you more info um, about
0: that.
1: Yeah, so I highly recommend, guys, if you're looking to become an influencer or an ambassador for a program um, and as Edwin said that if you need a social media audit across any of your platforms to make sure, A, that your content is relevant, um, that it's hitting the right markets and that... Um, yeah, the, any improvements that you can actually make, head over to Edwin. He is your man. Um, I enjoy your content. I find it <laughs> fine, entertaining and informative. So, thank you very much um, for making social media fun for our general fans.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I'm all about. So, no, thank you. Yeah, thanks for the kind words. It's always nice to hear people say nice things about about your controversial opinion. I know, but um, no, it's it's nice because part of social media, I think you. You do forget that there's a lot of people out there that maybe aren't, you know, commenting on every post and saying, oh, my God, I love this, but they're taking it in and they're, you know, you're yeah. really bringing pay to them. So, you know, it's always a good lesson, even for me, when I, when someone says something like that, so thanks for for that to, so it's always a nice reminder that, you know, there are people out there that are watching and looking at these things, whether they're physically saying and commenting on it or not, like they're, you know, they still are, so
1: fantastic but well, thank you again and for your time tonight i really appreciate it and no doubt the athletes and fans have um again please make sure you get in contact with Edward, even just like for an audit uh to hear more about his services um but i do highly recommend that you go over and join his uh free facebook group which is called club social yeah South. come and
2: hang out and you know i'm also not someone that's going to like try and upsell you and try Sorry. and you know Gouge you from money like a lot of what I do is for free because I just like to talk about these things so know, um
1: much like me my service uh, me hosting you tonight for the general audience so
2: I think yeah you love it. No, Thank you, I've appreciate it a lot I um, hope everyone yeah enjoyed it if you if you had any feedback as well yeah send me a message let me know how it was and if you enjoyed it if you disagreed with everything I said you know hit me up always always up for a chat <laughs>
1: fantastic thank you again and uh yeah we'll be in a couple of months time again to talk about the latest trends Ian, so- yeah who
2: knows by then twitter could be dead tiktok could be bad <laughs> it could be all happening <laughs>
1: platform and tiktok yep. yeah
2: exactly maybe they, they could and- be we could be due for a new one so that could be interesting that's
1: right all right we'll be in touch thank you thanks so
2: much Linda. thanks everyone for watching all right
0: Get ready for the race. Do you feel one step closer to being the next superstar behind the wheel? Motivate training.com.au for more. M-O-T-I-V, the number eight, Training.com.au. The green flag. Every episode gets you one step closer to the checkered flag. The Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Getting you to the checkered flag faster.